time for the Retirement Roadmap Podcast with registered financial consultant, Glenn Mosseller. Welcome to the podcast, the Retirement Roadmap, and a new decade. Great to have you along with us. Walter Storholt here alongside Glenn Mosseller, registered financial consultant and founder and president of Roadmap Financial Consulting. And we made the fun decision to start off the first podcast of 2020 and the new decade by stepping on the third rail of politics. You ready for this, Glenn? <laughs> Let's do it, Walter. Let's just jump right in and, and take it on. So we're, we're tackling uh, Social Security on today's show. But luckily, we're not being political, so uh, we don't. it doesn't come with the same risks as the uh, political world of stepping on that third rail. Uh, but we are going to address some misunderstandings, some misconceptions, some myths and rumors that have been pervasive in the world of Social Security. I've got five I'll call them just conceptions about Social Security. Glenn, you tell us if these are indeed misconceptions or if these things are on track or, or maybe they're just misunderstood or misinterpreted or somewhere in between all of those things so that we can kind of clear up some of these top five misunderstandings. So uh, here's one example. We hear this all the time. Pundits, folks on the TV, uh, financial experts will say things like, hey, Social Security is going broke. I'm sure you've seen a few newspaper headlines uh, that are, you know, to that effect over time. Uh, what's the real skinny on that understanding or, or that mentality that Social Security is going broke? Well, Walter, you know, you, you hear those things and, you know, you have to understand, you know, Social Security is like anything else in that, you know, it was designed, you know, anything that's been around for a long time was designed one way and then it's evolved over time. And, you know, you, you heard, you know, Social Security was going broke back in the 80s, right? And, you know, and, and Ronald Reagan was president and, and Tip O'Neill was the Speaker of the House. And, and lo and behold, they worked together and they, you know, they, they forged, uh, you know, an alliance and, and were able to work through Congress and, you know, kept it going for, you know, quite a few more years. The same thing kind of happened in the 90s, you know, and, and, and again, they worked together and, you know, the, the Congress and the president and they were able to get things done. And so, you know, here we are again. And, you know, the, the challenge is obviously is, is, you know, there's more and more people, you know, that are going to be coming into the age where they're going to be, you know, accessing their Social Security benefits. And so there are challenges, you know, if you read your Social Security statement, you know, you look at it and say, well, you know, if nothing is nothing changes, then what will happen is, is that the the amount of benefits, they're, they, they're not saying that the benefits will go away. They're just saying that they might be reduced. But that's, again, if nothing is done and, you know, as challenging as it is in Washington and looking at the political environment that, that's out there, you know, there has always been, you know, a kind of a precedent, to, you know, that politicians know that people have been paying into Social Security their entire lives. And, you know, this is one of those things, like you say, it's the third rail and they, politicians know not to really mess with that. And so when push comes to shove, whenever there's a, a need to take care of that, you know, all the politicians have come together and, they, and they've solved the problems to, you know, make it more solvent to go out into the future longer and longer. And, you know, it, it, that's, you know, if history is any kind of a guide, that's what we would expect to have happen. And we see that even today, even as divided as it is, we've seen a couple of times, you know, even in the current administration and the current Congress is as divided as they are, you know, we've seen a couple of different, uh, you know, places where there's been a government shutdown or close to a government shutdown. And, you know, when they had to 
to come together, they did come together. And so, you know, we have to assume that that's going to be the case as well. So, you know, it's not, it doesn't mean that you just stick your head in the sand and say, oh, well, everything is going to be okay. And you, you want to, you want to certainly be aware of what's going on, but it's certainly nothing to be panicked about. So the alarmist nature that uh, some people tend to approach the subject really isn't warranted. It's it's important that we still work for solutions, and uh, the lesson is certainly don't maybe rely solely on Social Security, absolutely, for your retirement savings and your future. But at the same time, it's going to be around for a while, even if it looks a little bit different. Don't uh, don't go too crazy over the, the situation. You know, like I say, it's like if nothing happens, if they don't make changes, then this is going to happen. Well, they've always made changes. And typically when they make changes, if it's a situation where the change has made it more difficult on on, on a group of people, that difficulty has always been passed to the younger folks. And and really that makes most sense because a couple of things that are going on. Number one is is that the younger folks would have more time to adjust and make make alternative plans. The other thing is is that younger folks you know, historically, you know, what happens over time is, is, you know, the, you know, when the mortality tables tell us that, you know, as we go through and, and, and advancements and, you know, in technology and, and medical science and everything else, that people are living longer and longer and longer. So it would, it would simply make sense that younger people are probably going to live longer than the people who are, who are retiring today. So it would make sense that they would need to be the ones making the adjustments. You know, when we look back all the way back to the 1930s, when social security first started, it's, far different than you know now than what it was then you know and it, and it actually benefits more people than it did back then so you know again we we, we don't want to be too concerned about it that doesn't mean that we just like i say stick our heads in the sand but but just be aware kind of pay attention but you know but you have to make certain assumptions and you know and we we have to realize that you know the, the politicians are there and they're, they're they politicians like to get reelected, don't they walter oh yeah so they're not going to mess and, mess that up too bad that's exactly <laughs> they right won't try to so, yeah, they'll protect uh, some of these things as much as they can, Social Security being one of those. Let's go to another assumption about Social Security, Glenn. I hear a lot of people say that they want to start Social Security as early as possible because that's usually best. Are they wrong? Well, again, you know, it, if you've listened to this podcast, uh, you know, over time, one of the common answers that you hear you know, coming from me when it's a pointed question like that is, is that the answer is it depends, right? And it truly does depend. You know, typically for most people, you know, depending upon, you know, how old, you know, how long, how much longer they have to work, if they're married, as they're, if their spouses worked outside the home as well, there are going to be situations where it, it, maybe it does make sense for, for somebody to take it early. But oftentimes when we really, really look at it and you do the real analysis of it, you know, the, the thing is, is when you take it early, you take a pretty, you know, pretty big discount. And if you're going to likely live a long time, you're probably going to be better off, you know, waiting a little while, you know, in most cases. But the other thing that you're going to be, you know, it's important to think about is, is that particularly if you're married, you want to look at strategically, how can you take your benefit and how can your spouse take their benefit in such a way that it, you know, puts together a foundation within your retirement income planning. And that's something that oftentimes is kind of missed when folks are thinking about when and how to take Social Security. And oftentimes it's almost like a flip of a coin or it's like, well, I might as well go ahead and take it because. And there's oftentimes not a lot of analysis there. And there really ought to be because there are certain advantages to implementing certain strategies versus other strategies. And, you know, you just don't want it to be happen chance. And so, 
you know, take a look at it, you know, and, and really, you know, do some analysis. There's software out there that can help, you know, folks like myself, you know, we, you know, we, we have that software, we can plug in all the numbers. The other piece of that puzzle too is, is that you, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you understand that social security is a benefit that comes to you and it gets treated differently in the tax return and it's not automatically and it's not inherently taxable. So if we plan certain ways, there's a lot of times when we can protect your social security benefits from being taxed and that just means more money in your pocket. So, you know, let's do that analysis and let's take a look at what, what would it happen if you take it early versus taking it late and let's take a look and see and let's see how does your particular situation fit versus just a generalized answer. And I guess it's uh, pretty much a carbon copy answer on the other assumption, which is that waiting to the very end of Social Security is the best time to take it. Well, that's exactly right, Walter. I mean, we come across all kinds of situations, especially, you know, when, when we have a married couple where you know, there are times when it makes sense for both to delay to some degree. There are situations when it makes all kinds of sense for one person to take it early and the other person to delay a, long, a much longer time. You know, again, it, it's never a one-size-fits-all, and there's multiple variables there in terms of you know, sometimes there's an age difference. Sometimes there's just a, you know, a, a work history difference where one person is going to have a much bigger benefit than the other person. You know, or we also factor in, you know, what other resources do you have there? You know, I mean, is there is there an opportunity to do some, you know, you know, tax aware planning, you know, and, and and those kinds of things that where, you know, folks don't really realize, like I say, I mean, it, it's a big deal when you when you, if you think about being able to take your Social Security, if you're able to take your Social Security from your mid 60s or maybe maybe 70 or beyond and the typical, you know, life expectancy for somebody who's lived into their 60s is probably into their early or mid 80s, you start looking at, you know, you know, 15, 20 years or longer of not having to pay taxes on those Social Security benefits, it can be a huge benefit there. And, you know, so it's, again, it's not a one size fits all. We really need to strategically look at it. And, you know, there are situations and times where we can actually do that. We can help folks, you know, make their social security be tax free. You know, it doesn't it doesn't happen every time, but but more often than 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 a lot of people might believe is it is possible if we implement the right strategies. And so I always say, let's do the analysis and let's figure it out first before we just make a decision. Glenn, let's take it in another direction. Uh, I know that timing of Social Security has all of those different layers to it, but could you also go down to the Social Security Administration and they'll just help you choose the best claiming strategy for yourself? I know that a lot of people think that they can do that. Well, I mean, basically what Social Security Administration can do is, is that they can tell you what your benefit will be if you take it at a particular time. They'll, they can tell you, you know, when you're when you're eligible and, and those types of things. But they really are, you know, they're forbidden by law to be able to look at things strategically. They surely can't look at things, you know, in terms of, you know, what your other assets are and, you know, and, and try to, you know, coordinate those things. They certainly can't look at your tax situation, you know, and those are two of the biggest pieces of that puzzle is to determine how do you coordinate your Social Security with your tax situation and all also with your other resources, whether you have a pension or not, or whether you have 401k money or, or, you know, or IRAs and, you know, is it Roth money or is it maybe you have a combination of, you know, so pre-tax and Roth, all of those variables, the, the folks that work at Social Security, you know, they can't 
have any conversation about it. You know, they're not licensed and they're not qualified, but you know, that by law, they're all they're allowed to really do is, is they're allowed to evaluate and take a look and say, okay, you're this age, you know, this is what your benefit would be if you were to, you know, decide to turn it on here. You know, if you, if you have the possibility of having a, a spousal benefit, they can alert you to that. But that's, that's really it. And they can't really do that analysis to help you determine when is the right time to take it or what's the optimal time to take it. Yeah, it's a great point and uh, a common misconception. Uh, you might think that they would, you know, just have this easy formula for it, but when they can't take into all into account all those important pieces of information, it's going to make that a little bit more difficult to do. And like you said, Glenn, not supposed to do it anyway. Uh, last but not least, one other Social Security misunderstanding uh, is that you don't have to pay taxes on Social Security benefits. Do you have people that come into the door and? get a little surprised when you start, you know, accounting for the taxes coming out of social security? Oh, Walter, I mean, it happens, it happens more often than you might think. I mean, you know, a lot of times, you know, folks just, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, I don't, and you know, they, they believe that that's not going to be, they're not going to have to do that, you know, and sometimes that might be true. But again, it, it depends, you know, social security, again, is not inherently taxable, but it becomes subject to taxation based on how much other income you have. And so, you know, a lot of times, like I say, folks will come in and they just they, they think, well, gosh, you know, I'm not going to have to pay taxes on my Social Security. Or I've also heard this one is, is where folks say, well, once I reach a certain age, then that means that I don't have to pay taxes on my Social Security. Right. And I was like, well, no, it, it, it's it has nothing to do with age. It has to do with with how much income you have from other sources. And so when we start doing that analysis and, and looking at it, it's like, you know, the folks are some, you know, oftentimes surprised. I've also had situations where folks, you know, might have retired and they, you know, they have money that's set aside in IRAs or 401ks. And yet they haven't, they haven't gotten to, you know, that magic age where they have to start taking those required minimum distributions. Right. And so maybe they're, they're in a situation where they haven't started taking any money out of their IRAs yet or their 401k yet. They might have all you know, their house paid off and, you know, and they have other resources and some monies and then they have Social Security. And they're basically just living off of that because their expenses have, have come way down and they've retired and they're not paying any taxes on their Social Security. Yet at the same time, when, when we look at those situations, sometimes when we, we say, hey, you know what, this is what's going to happen when you turn 70 and a half, you know, or possibly uh, now there's there's legislation out there that might push 70 and a half out into the future. And we might have required minimum distributions at a later age. Stay tuned on that one. We'll see. But let's assume that we have current law in place and 70 and a half is when you have to start taking your your required minimum distribution. I've seen situations where folks think, you know, I'm not paying any taxes on my Social Security yet. But then when they when they turn 70 and a half and they start taking those distributions, lo and behold, suddenly that income hits their tax return from the IRA or from the 401k. And there's enough other income that not only are they going to pay taxes on that distribution, but they're also going to have to start paying taxes on their Social Security. And that is a rude awakening if they haven't done any planning for it or if they're just completely unaware that that could possibly happen. So if you're in that situation and you're taking your Social Security benefits and, and, you, know, and you haven't reached that age of, of having to take the required minimum distributions and you do have um, you know some significant resources in your IRAs or 401ks, you really need to make sure that you're doing some analysis there or talking to somebody that understands how that works to see if those distributions are going to start causing taxation on both 
your IRAs, your 401ks, and your Social Security, because th those kind of things do happen. And like I say, if you're not ready for that, or if you're not prepared, you know, psychologically or or you know strategically, I mean, you you might be able to do some things that they could prevent that. You know, if if you position your assets right. So you know, just do some analysis. You know, don't get caught off guard or flat-footed. Make sure that you're being proactive to determine and figure out, hey, is my Social Security going to be taxed now or possibly in the future? And those are certainly things that we can determine by just doing some analysis. Very cool, Glenn, and uh, great to get the skinny on some of these Social Security misunderstandings. There you have them. If you've got any questions about what we've talked about today, it doesn't have to be about Social Security. Maybe it's another element of financial or retirement planning. Don't hesitate to reach out to Glenn Mosseller and the team at Roadmap Financial Consulting. 336-291-3535 is the number to call. That's 336-291-3535. You can also find Glenn online at greensbororetirement.com and click on the free consultation button at the bottom of the page to schedule a time to meet on your smartphone or computer. Just go to greensbororetirement.com. Glenn, thanks for the help this week on the show. We'll look forward to another great podcast with you next week. All right, Walter, take care now. We appreciate it. That's Glenn Mosseller. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you soon, right back here on the Retirement Roadmap. 